Welcome to the Three Wins Podcast, brought to you by Legacy Advisory Partners, an Atlanta-based financial services firm that believes that the key to unlocking your company's full growth potential can be found in the Three Wins Framework. My name's Sean Lydon, and I'm the producer of the Three Wins Podcast. If you're a business owner or senior executive who is serious about growth and making your company as valuable as possible, you've come to the right place. We have an amazing episode for you today where Russ Clemmer, the president at Legacy Advisory Partners, joins Mark Walker and Matt Joins on Legacy's senior investment team. In the previous episode, we provided a primer on how to set up a deferred compensation executive benefits plan to attract and retain your key leaders. Today, we address the question, what if we already have a plan in place, but it's not working for us? What do we do? This issue gets to the heart of what we call plan rehab. The idea here is thinking through what needs to be done with the plan to get it back on track. Do people understand the purpose of the plan? Is there continuity from the leadership team and between the participants around what the plan is there for? What are you trying to accomplish with the plan in place? Or is it just there as part of the benefits package and nobody really understands it? We'll help you determine whether your deferred compensation plan needs rehab, and if so, what to do about it on today's episode of the Three Wins Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Three Wins Podcast. I'm Russ Klimmer with Legacy Advisory Partners, joined again by my colleagues, Matt Joins and Mark Walker. Thanks for joining again, guys. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so uh, a couple weeks ago, we put out a a podcast and, and, you know, it was a conversation around uh, executive benefit plans, deferred compensation executive benefit plans. It was really a how-to uh, you know what? What are they used for? How do you how do you uh, put those in place? How do you make them successful? Um, and so, some of the feedback and questions uh, that we got are: I've got a plan currently, but it's just not working. And so, what we want to do today is uh, dive into uh, the three main areas that we come across uh, uh, most commonly around: uh, Why is the plan not working? Uh, and those are purpose, uh, you know, what's the purpose of the plan? Uh, do people understand what the purpose of the plan is? There continuity um, from the leadership team and between the participants around what it's there for? What are you trying to accomplish with the plan in place? Or is it just there as a part of the benefit package and nobody really understands it? The second one is participant experience. And how are the participants able to interact? Are there good support systems between the administrator and the advisor and different people who are a part of making that successful? Uh, Is there someone in the company that owns the plan, really drives the success of it? What's the participant experience? And the last one, third, is uh, funding. How is the plan funded? How is the funding managed? And do participants understand how the plan is funded? And so those are those are somewhat uh, complicated questions at times. You want to make sure that uh, you get into the, the, uh, into the details on those questions. So that's part of what we want to do today. Uh, and I think, guys, the, the main thing that we see 
Um, and the main thing we've heard is uh, the, the person who inherits this kind of plan. Uh, it gets derailed for whatever reason, um, you know, but it, I guess that's the question of, you know, for our audience, who finds themselves in the seat where all of a sudden they've got this plan and they just need help with it. What, what are some of the things we hear from, from uh, different people in leadership positions who are in charge of this plan and they've just got questions and they don't know where to go? And, and what do you guys hear out there? Before Mark gets started, I'll say he's the wizard at this. So, you know, I came on board at Legacy three years ago, um, I guess coming up on three and a half. Knew almost nothing about deferred comp plans. They're pretty unusual. You know, most people, especially people that aren't in the industry, if you're an HR person or, you know, you're a person that's a decision maker at a company, a lot of times you'll have experience with, you know, the, the vanilla stuff like the 401k or the, the health benefits or stuff like that. Deferred comp is kind of the extra wrinkle. And we talked about this on, on the previous podcast that they really can help accomplish some of those niche goals that a qualified plan or 401k can't really do. So they serve a great purpose, but a lot of people are intimidated by them because they are uh, different. You know, we've had uh, recently more uh, strict regulations regarding the deferred comp plans because we all know, you know, the the Enrons, and we've had we've heard these horror stories about deferred comp plans, and for some people, it just kind of puts a bad taste in their mouth. And when people don't understand something, they tend to just stay away from it. I mean, we've got it. They've got enough to do, you know, on their day to day as an HR person or as a CFO that uh, they don't necessarily want to spend the time to learn the intricacies. And it, it prevents potentially a very powerful benefit that can help the company accomplish a goal that they're meaning to accomplish, but they just don't know how to make it fit in. So uh, it is one of those things where, especially if you inherit one of these plans, that's really the, the most common time we see one of these rehab situations is either there was a merger and acquisition and a benefit team that didn't have this benefit before is now inheriting it and they don't really know what to do with it. A lot of times, unfortunately, these plans aren't well serviced. Uh, by the advisors that I guess that's good for us, but it's kind of bad for the the general public. So there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, they have these plans and they just kind of push them off into the corner because they are different. And that's really, we found a lot of traction lately with those types of people. And we've been able to build meaningful relationships because once you can break it down and kind of help them understand and you communicate, in terms that they're familiar with. So trying to get as similar to the 401k or other benefits that they're um, used to. If you can do that and kind of help them understand, then they really love the idea and they pick it up and they run with it. So I think there's a lot of benefit out there. And for anyone listening that uh, you, you are in that situation or you know somebody in that situation, this is the perfect podcasts are really the perfect mini series for you guys to, to tune into. 
Yeah, I would just add to that. I think it's a really good uh, introduction, Matt, of, you know, often, you know, we are introduced, uh, it could be, uh, you know, the person that was handling this benefit left the company and there's very rarely a smooth transition. You know, we're having to educate, you know, the new person coming in could be VP of HR, could be a benefits manager, uh, could be somebody in finance. Um, so they're inheriting this benefit. So it's kind of like you're receiving this baby, you know, what are you going to do with it? Um, so we, we can come in and, you know, help them get up to speed on, you know, what the plan is designed to do. And the really key components are of, of looking at, you know, does your plan need rehab is, is, you know, first from a corporate perspective, you know, we always go back to our three wins. So from a corporate perspective, you know, is the plan meeting the objectives the corporation desires, you know, of reward, retention, you know, driving a certain profitability number or a certain target, um, you know, then next is looking at, you know, participants, you know, do they understand the, the benefit, you know, that's, that's there for them? Um, what's the, the utilization rate? Is it low enrollment? You know, are the, uh, do they have a easy to use website and just, you know, to, how does this fit in their overall financial independence planning? So making sure they have a, good grasp of what's available to them. And then last is kind of going back to, you know, how is this benefit funded? You know, is it uh, keeping pace with the liability and, you know, or is it making uh, an impact to your financials that you're, you're not comfortable with? And, you know, something, there's some kind of mismatch that the two are not together. So those are some common elements that we, we see where we've added value and uh, really help companies to, to get in a better position by going through our process. Yeah, Mark, I think you hit on an important point. Uh, if, the, if the three wins are not balanced and the corporate win is not clearly identified uh, and you have not identified who you need to keep in order to continue the success that you've created, right, that collaboration effect on profits, then uh, having a plan like this is just, well, so-and-so's got it. You know, another another competitor of ours has one, so let's put one in place. And so from the outset, if it's a bad idea, right, or if you don't have, you're not putting one in place for the right reasons, you know, the, the strategic reasons, then when someone who was involved in initially launching the plan past, you know, moves on um, and somebody else comes in and they inherit that plan, then Part of it, even if they have a little bit of knowledge around deferred comp plans and previous experiences, if they can't look at it and say, is the new leadership fully behind the plan and understand why it's in place, then it's, it's just one of those things. And as the, the person who's responsible for it, if you bring it up, hey, what are we going to do with this? And are we going to make an award this year? And, you know, then it's kind of like, you know, that that person that has you know, a question that nobody wants them to ask and nobody wants them to bring up. And so it's sometimes an unpopular thing to, to drive forward. And so when we're putting new plans in place and going through the rehab process, we say, what, what's the purpose of it? What's going on with it? Um, and if everybody's not clear on that, then 
um, that's a really nice uh, area around this. So, um, it, what types of what types of people out there, VP of HR, comp and benefits? What are the types of people do we interact with, uh, Mark and Matt, uh, who may interact with the or have these plans as a part of their responsibility? Yeah, I think it's the VP of HR could be the the benefits manager is typically the one kind of running the plan from a day-to-day perspective. And then of course, finance, VP of finance, uh, sometimes treasury, treasury is involved too and kind of the funding decision or or tracking, you know, the assets and liabilities. So those are the primary uh, sources that we see often. Yeah, benefits manager. If the company is that size, uh, if they have the title benefits manager, they probably have had experience with this in the past. But still, to your point, Russ, of going through and really understanding how the plan applies to the business and not just, you know, it's a plan, it's a line item on the expenses when time gets tough then it's real easy to kind of look at a benefit plan and potentially, you know, just start slashing benefits. Well, we know that's a really good way to lose all your talent when you're, you start cutting, you know, basically the, you start salvaging the feathers off of your golden goose and they end up freezing. So it's, you know, for, Rehab, generally, um, the benefits managers, they're going to know what they're doing around the plan, but they still could kind of need that. Uh, how does this tie in? What is the real goal? But really, it's the the HR folks, the finance folks. If they're inheriting a plan like we've seen several times lately, they really don't have any idea what, what they're getting into. They're maybe the manager on the retirement plan, the 401k or, uh, the benefit, the health benefits, you know, stuff that they're used to, but they get this new type of plan and they really don't have any idea what they're doing. And there's some nuances that, um, as long as you kind of stay ahead of them, you're good, but we've kind of been on the other end as well of unwinding these plans and going back and looking at years of, uh, you know, different benefits and payments that weren't done properly. And it's a little bit of a mess. It's, you know, fixable, but if we can stay ahead of that and prevent that from getting off the rails, then it's going to be a lot smoother experience and it's going to be a lot better experience for everybody involved. Yeah. yeah I think so, one, go ahead. One, thing, one thing we see and what we know is that, and this is a common, uh, common challenge really, in corporations throughout the country is, is human resource departments are stretched incredibly thin. Mm-hmm. So uh, a benefit that's you know, highly customizable like deferred comp and does you know, take a little bit of a unique understanding because of 409A rules um, can create quite a challenge you know, for, for companies that uh, you know, are not really in tune with, with their own plan or inheriting a plan. So um, they often need assistance, you know, and, and really desire for assistance to uh, help them communicate the plan, help them understand, make sure they're doing everything properly. So uh, we do think it's a, a major need in the marketplace. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, from our from our perspective, legacy advisory partners perspective, you know we want to help companies uh, build 
teams and keep build, build, you know, strong leadership within the company um, and keep, right? Because it costs a lot of money to, uh, to, to bring in, to fill a seat, right? And to get, to get a leader up to speed and, and, you know, make sure they're a good match with the culture and all those different things. It, it's a big investment to bring the person in and you don't want them to leave. Um, but from our retirement and financial independence outlook, right? One of the, one of the main things that, that we're focused on, whether we're working with an individual or working with a large corporation around retirement benefits is the question of, of, you know, how is this going to help you in your retirement planning? And so that's one of the purposes of making sure that uh, if you're an executive, you've got a, a, a lot more to, you know, to save in order to, you know, continue uh, a, a certain lot executive oriented lifestyle, right? That you may be, have become uh, accustomed to. And so over time, you want to be able to save more than just the, you know, what, what is it? 19 five this year going in for the 401k. If you're over 50, it's uh, or 55, it's 26,000, something like that. So you're not going to be able to save pre-tax. You're not gonna be able to save for retirement. So that's a, just a real, real basic purpose of what these plans allows you to save more. Right. And so, Either that's through me or you, whoever's in the audience, an executive putting their own money, deferring their own money, the employee contribution into this plan. Say, I'm not going to take that money. Y'all keep it. It's an IOU until later. Or it's an employer contribution, which is, you know, could be part of a makeup match, could be part of an actual a uh, 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 benchmark above and beyond achievement award that goes, it's a long-term bonus kind of situation. So whatever the purpose is, and that's what we covered in the original conversation uh, last time in the podcast where we're talking about startup plans. The key is if you uh, originally set the plan up, but you lose sight of what that original purpose is, um, then you start saying, well, how much is this costing us? And whoever's in charge of the plan, they're having to sit there and defend these costs when they don't know even know what the purpose of the plan is. And so, you know, it's not it, it's not uh, it, it's not uh, excessively expensive, but you have to know why you're spending the money in any type of for-profit and not-for-profit uh, uh, company, business enterprise. You need to know why you're spending that money. What's the return? on the investment because there's an advisor expense, right? There's a, there's a role we play and there's an expense for our role. There's uh, an administrator and record keeper expense, right? If there's a rabbi trust in place, there's an expense for that. And so you want to be able to know, here's the purpose. Here is the anticipated return. And here's the cost that brings, you know, that brings all that together uh, and, and make sure that, that people are getting what they need. And so I think that's a big thing that, that people understand, you know, what, what's the purpose of this thing. And, and that's the reason I brought that up. Something you said, Matt, of, of, you know, how can we cut costs? How can we make this more affordable? How can we trim, you know, you're always looking to trim these benefit packages. And so you want to make sure we understand what the uh, return on that investment is you're not just doing a favor to the executives, you know, poor executives, they can't save enough for retirement, right? You're doing it because 
Yes, that's a nice thing. The IRS allows you to do it as a company, uh, but you also want to return. You also want to make sure this is the corporate win in any of these decisions that we do make. And so there's a balance, making sure the shareholder wins, make sure the uh, corporation wins, make sure the uh, key leaders win. So, and again, we're doing this in three parts, purpose, uh, participant experience, and funding. Um, but I wanted to make sure we get that in there as far as, you know, you, you start looking at dollars and cents and costs, especially during, you know, uncertain times like this. And you say, well, no, we just need to get rid of it because it costs too much money. We've had people who, that's, that's the only reason they've gotten rid of the plan. They don't want to rehab it. They don't like it. They just say, no, it costs too much money. They don't look at the, the potential upside and the, and the stickiness factor uh, of that and the, the retention as well. Uh, attract and retain strategy. So what other areas yeah. around purpose? Well, just tacking on to that is I know 2020 has been wild and super long, but not that long ago, the whole conversation we were having with a lot of our clients was unemployment was super low and we're basically in a fight for talent right now. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got a position that you're trying to fill out and especially in a key position, uh, an executive, a leader, somebody that is the very forefront of your business uh, engine. That's the kind of people that you want to make sure you have who you want and you keep them. So you know, right now it's, everything is kind of upside down and we'll get through this. And when we get back to where we were as a, uh, you know, a solid economy and we're, you know, everybody's business is uh, able to succeed because we don't have all these outside conditions. We're going back to that same scenario. And do you have the benefits in place and are, is your um, company attractive enough And maybe you think it is, you know, just you pay a great salary, you have a great culture, whatever. But a lot of times these benefits are a very key factor in getting folks to interview or, you know, accept an offer. And especially people that are already established, keeping them in there. So giving them incentive, putting money on the table that is too good for them to walk away. So they don't go across the street to the competitor. And that's really kind of a double loss is not only are you losing a key person, but they're going to a competitor. So that's right now. Let's not let the the short-term market and environment that we're in kind of drive these long-term business decisions because we're not trying to, you know, run our business for the next month or six months. We're trying to run it for the rest of our lives or, you know, leave a legacy. We're trying to make these long lasting things. So we don't want to get caught up too much in these short-term situations because we see that happen all the time. And, um, you know, the costs are what they are and budgets are what they are, but you end up seeing that kind of snowball into a downward spiral, unfortunately. So just making sure you have that exit plan. If it is something, you know, you want to put a hiatus on for a little bit, that's fine. We, we see that all the time. We get it, but making sure you have uh, the plan to put that back in place when the times are also good. Mark, anything to add to that? No, I think the, because we, we are talking about purpose and, and 
um, it is a great point of you know just taking a step back and thinking about where we were eight to ten months ago when a, when uh, you know we're towards the end of a long the longest economic growth cycle in our country. So fight for talent, you know, has been a major discussion of the last couple of years. So uh, I know there's certain industries that we've talked about throughout this year on our, our podcast that have continued to, to thrive. And there's certain industries that are, you know, in struggle. Um, so part of the industries, if you're, you are thriving, you know, that fight for talent is still there in the midst of this time frame. So, um, making sure you understand, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And, you know, are you achieving what you desire from a corporate perspective? Um, it's good, you know, it's, I think at the end of the year, as you turning the, turning the page to a new year, which we're all excited about 2021, it's always a good time to reflect. So I think, um, time of reflection of, you know, what do we learn this year? You know, are there some things that we want to do differently uh, in this new environment? Um, does this, does our intentions, you know, for our executive group, you know, are they any different than what they've been in the past that can be a part of your, your evaluation process? Yeah. Some of the some of the questions I think are are uh, the 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 gaps sometimes or the the um, the non communication between the people who are defining the numbers, right? Some of the some of the the benchmarks defining you know what it what it will take to justify a cost in one of these plans, and the people running the plan, and that's a that's a big deal, and so. You know, when we're kind of going through this, it's all, it's really important for us to be able to say, um, you know, do we do we understand how this fits into the the overall picture? That corporate win question, um, and it just depends. It, and sometimes we interact with folks who are leading and running these plans. Um, you know, sometimes purely from an administrative standpoint, who we want to be able to talk through. Uh, and, and kind of encourage them along in, you know, getting some of those details. Um, because especially if there is an employer conversation, then, you know, you get around to the, the question of, uh, you know, what, what is it going to take for us to be able to continue to offer this? And they don't know that answer. Uh, and so sometimes that's a good, that's a good step professionally for the person who's in charge of this plan to be able to get into that uh, uh, question asking mode Instead of just being, you know, sometimes pigeonholed within the, well, you manage the details of the plan and we'll do, you know, some of the, the broader thinking. And so we like to encourage, you know, folks that we work with to say, how does this fit in? What's the strategic purpose and how are you driving the strategy around this? Because that's at the end of the day, if it's not provable that this is a useful tool in attracting, uh, retaining, the different, the, the, the best leadership that you can get your hands on as a company, then why have it? I mean, just, just, just have it out there as a service offering. So the building that narrative and building that purpose um, is an important part. 
So what are some of the other, what, what are some good examples, Mark, of, of plans that, you know, it's kind of just general uh, kind of case study details of, of some plans that have had to have been rehabbed uh, and some of the things that, some of the hurdles that you faced during the rehab process um, in, in some of the outcomes in that situation? Yeah, Matt brought up a good point earlier of uh, often if you do have a plan, you know, that was put forth from an advisor, um, you know, typically after the sale is made, you know, we see a lot of advisors really kind of walking away from the plan and and not really servicing the plan. Uh, so, you know, the whoever's handling the, the plan from a day-to-day perspective, you know, VP of HR, benefits manager, um, you know, it's not getting much interaction from the advisor, you know, the, maybe the administrator who's doing the day-to-day record keeping is, um, you know, their website's difficult to use or they don't even know where to go get reports. Um, that could be an issue. Um, also, just looking at how many people, how many people are eligible for the plan, how many people are, you know, deferring you know, into the plan, taking advantage of it. So often, you know, it can be uh, if you don't have somebody that's assisting the company in promoting the benefit, you know, the utilization rate could be under twenty percent. Um, even if there's yeah, that could be even if you have some employer money that's available to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've been able to, you know, come in and, and help promote the plan. So just just make it more visible. You know, what are you what are you doing to so that participants understand the, the nuances of the plan, how it works, how they could use it. Um, so the communication is key between you know, the administrator to the employer and then to the employer to the participants, kind of shoring all those items up. And then, um, you know, from a funding perspective, do they have a good way of um, tracking the assets and liabilities? You know, are they in sync with one another? Um, what What kind of taxes are you paying on the plan? Or is it you know, do you need some tax efficiency funding? So all those can be factors of, of um, elements of why your plan needs some rehab. Matt, was it you? Yeah, I think somebody fell down upstairs. Um, well, one thing I was going to say is um, really... It sounds like there's a lot of steps and there are a lot of moving parts, but really that's for us to help you guys figure out like what's the best way for this plan to fit the way that you do business, the way that you're doing your benefits. You know, one of one of, one of the best questions that I ask people um, that they are the administrator of the plan within the company is how can this work better for you? Or, you know, this, this seems to be a problem. We've had kind of this snag here several times. How could we make this 
you know, easier for you and just kind of brainstorming, you know, we don't want to get in the middle of it. We don't want to um, interfere with your relationship with the administrator, you know, the, the record keeper, anything like that. But um, we generally have uh, pretty good ideas and we, we fill this role with several different companies. So, you know, this is how one company does it. It works great for them. Another company does it completely different. It works great for them. And if you have, uh, especially in a rehab situation, if you've got a regime change or you've got turnover um, and they aren't, you know, they, they don't have that muscle memory, they don't have kind of that routine down, then maybe it's time to kind of rethink the way that things are being done. And, you know, maybe you had a change in payroll systems. Maybe you had a change in the way your HR department works. There's a lot of these changes that this, the way that you were doing things before was great then, but this also needs to grow with you. It was just like filling the, the business purpose and making sure that you're efficiently spending the money and kind of knowing what you're getting uh, when you're spending that money. The same thing from a servicing and a man hour perspective, you don't want to overwhelm your HR folks. You don't want it to be done completely different than any of the other benefits because that's when mistakes happen or they get resentful of the benefits and they, you know, they grow uh, contempt for the plan. So it's really a matter of just making sure kind of going through the checklist and looking at all the different steps and the, here's what needs to happen on a monthly basis. Here's what needs to happen on an annual basis, getting all that in order. So it doesn't seem as uh, complex as it could be if those things aren't working like clockwork. Yeah, it's good. I think those are, maybe two main takeaways if, if, you know, from a broader standpoint, if you don't have a clear purpose around uh, the plan from a, a, a senior leadership team level, not just a participant perspective, but just, what, you know, what's, how does this help us achieve the uh, growth strategy and success strategy that we've laid out as the corporate win? If we're not clear on that, then we can, we can help, uh, guide senior leadership teams through that that Q and A process to be able to say you have one of these plans and maybe the plan you know functionally is it's a it was you know as a pretty good design um, you know participants understand it but you just don't have clarity around you know what it means for the company going forward and how to best best utilize it we can help you with that and also from an administrator standpoint a staff member who is in charge of that plan whether they, you know, the, the, the plan is, uh, uh, you know, in, in you know, experience of chaos or they haven't had much experience with these types of plans or they just don't have any other support within the organization around, you know, how to, how to execute the management of the plan. Well, we can come alongside those people, those point people for the plan within the organization and make sure that they're being assisted uh, in, in a way that helps them not get burned out running the plan in, in, in walking through that plan. So it's really both and making sure that the senior folks are understanding this is the reason for the plan, the purpose of the plan, but then also how are we helping those, how are we helping those that, that are, you know, feet on the ground, making sure the plan is effective and timely and, um, 
you know, does it uh, have a, a higher level of chaos around it, around it than is absolutely necessary? A little bit of chaos is always good. A little bit of chaos makes it makes the world go round, man. Well, I think my closing remark is: don't be afraid of rehab. <laughs> we can get you through it. That's right, and and, and that really is not a that it's not an insensitive approach. I think we all understand that you know there, there's there's uh, rehab for many different things in life, um, and this just happens to be one of them. Um, this is something that uh, is a very effective tool for a lot of people, a lot of companies to help achieve the three wins. Um, it's something that uh, has got many nuances and, and, you know, compare and contrast to the 401k. It's just a different type of retirement benefit plan. It just is. Um, and if you say, well, I'm going to go into it thinking about the 401k and I'll figure it out. Now nah, you're going to, you're going to miss some things. So having a, having a good advisor, um, it is very important to making this thing successful, um, but also being, you know, clear on the purpose, being clear on the participant experience, being clear on the funding. So uh, next episode, we'll dive deep into the participant experience. And I think this is one thing that we excel in with our financial planning background, executive financial planning background, we are able to excel in because um, it's not just explaining the nuts and bolts of the plan being offered, it's getting the participant to realize themselves in the plan and how it can benefit them um, in the short term and the long term. So that's something that we'll dive into next time. Uh, but for today, Mark, Matt, any other final uh, closing comments? Yeah, I guess the kind of what Mark was saying, um, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, like all these people are world-class, you know, at their, uh, they're at the top of their game. They still have coaches. They still have teams, you know, that help them. And if they get hurt, you know, they've, they're physical specimens, but they go and they go through the rehabilitation process because they want to be as good as they were prior. So uh, having a uh, third party or, you know, having a team, in place to kind of help you make sure that you're doing the right things. And, uh, you know, going through, especially something like a deferred comp plan or just any non-qualified plan, going through that with a team and, you know, bouncing ideas off and just kind of staying ahead of some of these things is always the best way to go. And if we're doing our job, it's going to be a net uh, positive for the company, you know, we're putting the benchmarks in place where of the money that you're out in bets, you're going to be getting back, um, you know, multiple times in revenues and earnings. And a lot of times that's pretty difficult to put your finger on. But if you go through the process and, you know, just kind of you, you go through uh, the steps that you need to and kind of lay that out, you can really learn a lot about uh, the plan, your company, your team. I mean, it, it's a really great process. And a lot of times people just, uh, they're, I guess, taken back by having another advisor for something or having another team for something. Um, but, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. So uh, we, we're big fans of it. And you, it's not often you see one of these plans kind of get off the rails and 
fail when you're working uh, with an advisor with a team. It's when you try to go it alone, you try to cut costs and cut corners and you end up running off into the ravine. So um, that's my, my closing remarks. Great. Well, enjoyed it guys and uh, appreciate it and look forward to the next episode where we dive into the participant experience on rehabbing a deferred compensation executive benefit plan. Appreciate your time today. Talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Three Wins podcast. We have links to some awesome resources in the show notes. And if you haven't already done so, please click subscribe so you won't miss any future episodes of the Three Wins podcast. This is Sean Lydon signing off for now. Until next time, we'll see you then.